Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haprasit would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. Last week, we were talking about the purpose of coming together as a local church. I noticed that sometimes we need to touch some basic thing in order to be able to build the Christian life on a good foundation. Without good foundation, the building will not be able to stand. And when the wind comes, when the storm attacks the building, the building will fall down. So it's very good to be able to understand the Christian life. And I mentioned last time that the church life really has a great impact on your daily life. If you are in a good church, it will impact your study, impact your family life, being a husband, being a wife, being a dad and mom. Everything that is related to you in your life will also have some impact from the church. So that's why I really have a burden to build a good church. When I say the good church, it means biblical church. It means book of Acts church. It's not anything else. We need to follow the pattern in the Bible. The Bible has the greatest authority in the church. We don't want to follow the way of man. We want to follow the Bible way. I dream that we have a book of Acts church. Amen? The early church time that people really come into the presence of God and feel with the power and love and obey the great commission. Last time we learned a couple of things I want to review a little bit for those who miss, and I hope that you can get the CD or download sermon from the podcast. Last time we learned about two things, and these two things come out from the great commandments and the great commissions. The church wants to be committed to obey the greatest commandments of the Lord Jesus Christ and to fulfill the great commission. The great commandments of the Lord Jesus Christ says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and prophets hang on to these commandments. We want to be the church of love. And one thing we do, we love God with all our heart. We want to worship him. We want to worship him joyfully. Because King David said, I am so glad when they say unto me. We don't come to church like a funeral ceremony. Sad and bad. We are glad to be in the house of God. Amen. That should be our Christian culture. Not only that, we worship God with joy, celebration. We need to honor him. God lately spoke to me. I have the whole series of CD regarding the honor of God. I believe that the end time church is going to be filled with the glory of the Lord, with the presence of God. And one of the key to bring the anointing and the presence of God in worship is to honor the Lord. And this is a big problem in the Western world because in the 60s and 70s, there is a teaching in America that you don't need to respect parents anymore. You don't need to honor your parents. You can talk back to them. You can yell at them. You don't need to obey. You can be rebellious. 
I think some of you who are in that generation, you understand what I'm talking about. That the, and this generation after generation learn not to respect parents, and that spill into the church. That we don't respect the presence of God, we don't honor our heavenly Father. So we come to church with the attitude, "What a big deal!" Oh, the Word of God, not a big deal. Oh, the presence of God, not a big deal. But if you really want God to bless you, you need to learn how to honor the Lord, honor Him in worship. When I say honor, I don't mean to be quiet and to be so depressed religiously. We can rejoice, we can jump up and down, but our heart we honor the presence of God. Amen. I never walk into this building with the attitude, not a big deal. Whatever will be, will be. Questela, sela. I come into this place. Honor the presence of God. I see God sit on high. He is the Almighty God. He's the King of all kings. I honor you. I do everything to make you happy. You are my Father. You are my God. We need to have that kind of attitude back to this nation, to the church. We should not be casual about God too much, to the point that we treat Him like a common. We treat Him like a just non-significant thing. We need to treat Him as, as the King of all kings and the Lord of all lords. And if we can do like that as parents, we're gonna teach our kids the same thing, and our kids gonna grow up in the next generation honoring those who have authority over them, honor the Lord, honor the parents, honor their boss, honor the government. We need to bring that back to this society. Amen? Hallelujah. We love the Lord with all our heart and we worship Him and honor Him, celebrate His presence, celebrate His resurrection. Not only that, we learn the great commission. The great commission say, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Last Sunday, we talked about the second point, not only to love God with all of our heart and to worship Him with our voice, our body, our heart, our soul, everything, and glad to be in His presence. We also go and evangelize. We need to go and preach the gospel, tell people about Jesus Christ. Amen? We need to go to the nations. We go to our neighbors and talk about Jesus Bring people in. God wants to save as many people as we can. Today we're going to continue two more, all together for purposes to be together in the church. The Bible said, "Go and make disciples of all nations, and baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you." So the third purpose of having the church is to make. Disciples. Everyone say, make disciples. The church is not a football stadium that people come and enjoy the show on the stage. The church is not a place that people come and just be entertained. We get used to being entertained, like go to Disney World. The church is not the place of entertainment, having nice skit, nice song, and we just people just sit and drink coffee and relax. The church is a school. It's a place of training. It's a place of education. We need to train people to be disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ, not just pew warmer, not just church goer. Every Christian should be 
a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. Every Christian should carry the cross and follow Jesus and serve Jesus and live for the kingdom of God. That's my goal. That's this church goal. That we want to see everyone get involved in serving the Lord, growing, learning. That's why we produce CD, so many teachings CD series, and we give it for free. That's why we let you download all the sermon from the podcast for free. And if you even want the whole things, you can just bring your hard drive, the portable hard drive, and we download everything for you to listen, to learn, to educate. We have Sunday school here, and we preach the Word of God. I never thought that i come to preach on pulpit here just to tickle your ear and make you happy. I want to make disciples. I want to make you strong Christian. Amen? The Bible says clearly in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1, let us leave the elementary teachings about Christ and go on to maturity. You can see God doesn't want us to accept Christ and stay baby forever and just become immature Christian for the rest of our life. He wants us to grow up. He wants us to be mature. And in order to be mature, we need to be in a local church. We need to be trained. We need to be corrected. We need to be educated. We need to be taught. We need to be made disciple. We need to be around people who are more mature than us, hang around with them, and learn from their example. God wants us to move on to the next level until we become more like Christ, until we become a mature man and a woman of God that we can impact other people. Amen? Actually, it's interesting that the world tries to copy the church system. Or the church principle. I was in the residency training at University of Washington for eight years to become a neurosurgeon. And when I look at the residency training program at University of Washington, they copy the Bible. They have the chairman of the department, the pastor. And they have many, many people work in the department like an eldership board or eldership team. And not only that, they also have senior resident, chief resident, second-year resident, third-year resident. So we all come in as a medical student who graduate from the medical school, and we get trained from learning how to take blood pressure, to take history and physical examination, learn how to sew the wound. We learn from the bottom up until we become chief resident, and we will be able to shave the head, open the skull, and take the tumor out by ourselves. It took us eight years to be able to take the tumor out from somebody's head. They trained the next generation. And I remember my professor and chairman named Dr. H. Richard Wynn. He always said that you must be better than me. If I'm this good, you have to be better than me. And I was thinking, wow, he is following the Bible. That he trained disciples as a neurosurgeon. The same thing, the church, we should come into the church, not just sit here to be a pew warmer. Everyone should think, God, I am your soldiers. I'm going to be trained to become better than Pastor Lau. I'm going to be better than my parents, that generation. My generation is going to be better than last generation. That is our goal, that you're going to be better than this generation as you grow up in the church. Amen? Otherwise, the kingdom of God will not last if the next generation go downhill. We need to get better and better in the next generation all the time. So I want to encourage all of you to be disciples. I want to encourage all of you to make disciples. Everybody 
can make somebody disciple. I don't mean that you need to sit and teach the Bible all the time. You can take that person out to shop together. And while you were shopping in the Northgate Mall, you can talk about God. You can show example. You can show that when something hit your heart and you're gonna get mad, you don't get mad and you just stay calm and you pray for your enemy. And when the younger believers see how you respond to the situation, they learn from you by your life example. Making disciple. Everybody should make disciple. Everybody should be disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to encourage all of you. If you have not been make disciple, come talk to the pastors in the church and say, you know, I want to be make disciple. Can you do something? Maybe somebody come and teach me, mentor me, help me to grow. Or maybe you have already been mature enough. You have been Christian for a long time. I'm so glad to hear. That Pastor Da told me that K approached Pastor Da last Thursday. That no, Pastor, I would like to mentor somebody in the church. I want to help somebody to grow. Oh, I was so blessed when I heard that. That K want to be a part of helping younger believers in the church to be more mature. This is the way of Christian life. Christian life is about making disciple. Amen. The Bible talk about being mature and grow. In 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18, grow in grace. Everyone say grow. grow. Don't stay stagnant because stagnation brings a stench. Stench of stagnation. You know the word stench means? Bad smell. If you stay stagnant, you have a bad smell. Grow in grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ means to know God more. Everyone needs to grow in the body of Christ. Everyone needs to be, become more mature. And how God does that? In Ephesians chapter 4, let me read the scripture. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 to 13. And he, means Jesus himself, gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. For the equipping, everyone say equipping for training of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to be a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. I'm glad that I'm not a professional pastor. I am a called pastor. I'm called by God. To train you and equip you. My heart desire is to see all of you grow up in the way of the Lord. Amen? I'm not here as a profession to be paid with a paycheck. I'm here because my heart passion is to see people grow up in the way of the Lord. That people will become mature and be used of God. Equipping them, training them. That's why we have care groups. In the church on Sunday, you cannot get involved in every ministry here because we have worship team already. Some of you may be able to join worship team to be trained to be worshipers. Some of you may want to teach, but no one can grab the microphone and preach every Sunday. But you can get involved in a small groups, care group. In that care group, you can use your gift. You can be trained in a, that small church at somebody's house. In that small group, some of you will be trained to be worshipers, to be worship leaders. Some of you will be trained to teach the Bible. 
Some of you will be trained how to evangelize and share the gospel with somebody and pastor somebody in the small groups. We all can be trained to do the ministry. We train you to be disciple through small group, and that's what Jesus did. Jesus trained the twelve disciples, very small group, and he walked around from city to city with his care groups. His care group is not fixed in one house, but just moved from one place to another place, and he trained those twelve disciples with a few more disciples following him around him to be trained by him. Small group trainings, amen. So Jesus did that. He did training. With his disciple in a small group, so I can see people grow faster when they get involved in a small group. Everyone say, "Disciple, be trained." The fourth purpose of the local church. I want to read that one more time in Matthew 22. The Bible say, "Love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind." This is the first and greatest commandment. We worship God. We want to praise God. Worship God, loving Him and obeying Him, and the second is like it: love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hanged on these two commandments. So the fourth purpose: love your neighbor as yourself. On Friday evening, I have a very interesting experience with Pastor Da. Pastor Da, look at me. What's going on? I got a phone call around. I don't remember the time. Maybe around six or seven p.m. I got a phone call from my daughter Tanida, and I never got this phone call before. This is unusual phone call. She was crying, like baby, and I say, "Can you tell me what's going on?" She said that Chloe was hit by a car. Everyone know Chloe. Chloe is a little little dog, twelve pounds dog of my daughter. Chloe came to my house almost every day. She slept on our bed. I'm serious. When she stayed at our house, she slept on my my and Pasadar bed. We love Chloe. We play with Chloe. Pasadar cook meat, cook pork for Chloe. Take Chloe out to walk. When we send Paul to school in the morning. We put Chloe in the car, and Chloe just sat on the glove box and look around. And he loved to go out with us to look around. And sometimes he put his nose out to the window and smell the air of Seattle. And we love Chloe, this little dog. And we did not know how much we love Chloe until we heard that Chloe was hit by a car. I cried right away, and I realized that how much I love Chloe. Like my own family members, and Pastor Da cry and cry and cry, and we want to even drive to Kirkland, and we say we're gonna go lay hand on Chloe, to resurrect Chloe. If Chloe die, we're gonna resurrect Chloe because we don't want to lose this dog. We were talking, but my daughter said, "Don't have to go." So we just sat at the dining table and pray. Our heart was so broken because we don't want to lose Chloe, the dog that we love. She is part of our family now, even though she is my son-in-law and my daughter's dog. We don't have dog in our own house. Right away, God spoke to me. This is interesting. God used Chloe as a lesson to me. God spoke to me. This is a family. The family members care for one another so much. If anyone hurts, we hurt. 
Is that right? If anyone gets into trouble, we will do everything to save that person, to help that person. And then God say the same thing to the local church. The local church is a family. You are my family. You are a part of our family. I pray for you. We think about you. We love you. The church is a family. The church is not just a football stadium, not just like a movie theater. People go and watch and then go home. We are a family. When people get hurt, we hurt, and we want to help. We want to reach out to you. We want to help you. That is love. We love our neighbors as ourselves. No matter how highly educated you are, no matter how beautiful or handsome you are, it doesn't matter whether your purse color match with your shoes. It doesn't matter what kind of job you have. I can guarantee every one of us have faced some hurt, some disappointment, some problems and trial and temptations and hardships. Everyone faced something that we don't want to face. And love one another means we stretch out our hand to help and to meet the need. Of our brother and sister, the church should be the place of love. The reputation of the church should not be great preaching, TV program. The reputation of the church should not be nice building, great children program. The reputation that Jesus put in the Bible is that people heard about the church. That is the place where I will be loved. And I can demonstrate love to my brothers and sisters. Jesus said, "People will not know that you are my disciple unless you love one another. If you love one another, people will know my name, Jesus' name, because we love one another. Amen. Amen. That is the purpose of the church. Beside." Going out and preach the gospel, worshiping God, making disciple. The church is a family. We love one another. You may not know that how much I love you, but I love you very much. I and Pastor Dad talk about you all day long, pray for you, think about you. When we heard that somebody lost job, we pray and pray and we do everything we could to make sure that you will not. Lack anything, helping you, and that is should be the spirit in our church, that we serve one another, we help one another. Amen. Everyone say love, serving. How do you show love by serving? John chapter thirteen verse thirty five say, "By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, that you have love for one another." And that's another reason why we have small groups in the church, fellowship groups. I really like to encourage every one of you, if possible, try to join a small group. I know that it's so hard to do the first few times because it's not your routine. 
It's not your weekly habit to go to small groups, but if you can do it for a few weeks, you will get used to, and it will become your habit to the point that you cannot sit still at home on that day. You have to go to the group, because in a small group, people will know your name. In a small group, people will know that you get into trouble or not, and they can help you. If you just come to church on Sunday and you don't know anybody, and when you get into trouble, no one knows. We are loving people. We want to help you. So look for the small group in the bulletin and get involved. Find the right group for you. Go there. Believe me, it will worth your gas expenses. God will pay you back for the gas. You go there. Be with the brothers and sisters. Worship God together. Study together. The care group or small group is not just for Bible study. It's a small church that people will take care of one another and love one another. Amen. First Corinthians chapter twelve, verses four to five, and verse twenty-seven. Now God gives us many kinds of special abilities. There are different kinds of service to God or ministry. All of you together form the one body of Christ, and each of you is a separate and necessary part of it. One of the favorite metaphors of the church is the body. The church is the body, and we all can relate to this metaphor because we all have a body. And in the body, we have nose, ear, eyes, hairs, chin, chest, lungs, liver, kidneys, knees, hips. As a doctor. I can understand this scripture very well, because I realize that every single part of the body is so important. If you never have a knee problem, knee injury, you will not understand that your knee is so important to you until you get hurt in your knee and you walk like this and you say, "Wow!" You walk limping and you say, "Wow, my knee is so important. Without good knee, I cannot walk." Amen. People will not know that the eye is so important until one day they start to get problem with their eye. And I know even one tooth is so important to me because you cannot chew very well and you suffer. If you cannot chew well, you cannot eat well. You suffer. Now I understand that each tooth is so important to me to smile, to eat, to chew. The same thing in the church. Many of you may think that I'm just a number here. I am not a good teacher like somebody in the church. I cannot sing like Pastor Kenny. I cannot do computer like somebody else. I could not draw a nice picture. I'm not important in the church. It's not true. Everyone in the church is very important. You are not one in the church. You are ten. Out of ten, in certain area of your life that other people don't have, believe me, some of you have the talents and the gifts and the ability that no one else has like you. You can contribute. You can contribute to the body. You need to find that what you have, and you can contribute to the body. Some of you may be good in driving a car. Yesterday, we took up a group of people to Hurricane Ridge. And I don't want to drive because if I drive, I cannot fall asleep at the 
steering wheel. I'm not a good driver. So somebody drove for me. So the, the pastor can sit in the back of the car and do my pastoral job. I was sitting there with my computer, preparing lesson, teaching, and somebody was driving for me. You see, we all can contribute something. And another group of people brought good food to Hurricane Ridge so that we can have nice picnic over there. You can see that everyone can get involved doing something in the local church, and that is love. We serve one another. We help one another. We meet each other's needs by using our talents and gift and ability and time and money and everything that we can do to bless one another in the local church. That is the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Offer something. Amen? Everyone say, I am a minister. A lot of people misunderstand the word minister means a preacher. No. I am a coach. You are the minister. Everyone serves the Lord. Everyone is a priest to the Lord. I'm just a coach. I coach you how to serve God. But you are the one who serve one another and serve God and serve the lost world. We all are ministers. Let's turn to each other and point to your neighbor. You are a minister. How do we show love to one another? By ministering. By serving one another. Some of you may not be good in typing computer, using email, doing all the internet stuff. But some of you are so good in just smiling and giving word of encouragement and just sitting there, just look at your face. You already feel encouraged. That is serving too. You don't need to be a computer geek in order to serve in the church. You can just sit and smile and give word of encouragement, pat somebody shoulder and say, don't worry, God will take care of you. Amen? Some of you have the gift of giving. You just love to go and buy stuff and give to people. You just come on Sunday and give somebody a gift. Amen? Get involved, serving one another. And then the church will honor the Lord. And Jesus Christ will be known in the community. Not only serve God in here, we serve God outside the community out there as well. We serve people out there. Visiting people in jail. Visiting people in the hospital. If you know some neighbor that is a single mom and has problem, needs somebody to help to take care of the kids for a day, maybe you can call one another in the care group and say, can we volunteer to help that single mom who is not a believer? And we're going to go and help clean the house for her and babysit for her for a couple of days. We can take turns cooking or something. We need to go and serve people, show love to people, love your neighbor as yourself. Amen? Should we do that in the church together? Love God with all our heart. Love our neighbor as ourselves. Go, preach the gospel. And make disciples. Four things. Everyone say, love my God. Worship Him. Love my neighbors. Serving one another. Go and preach the gospel. Make disciples. Amen. Four purposes of the church is to obey the great commandments of the Lord Jesus Christ. And to fulfill the great commission 
of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then the church will be the biblical church. The church will be like a book of Acts. Amen. I know that you cannot serve God by your own strength. That's why we need the Holy Spirit. That's why the church welcome the presence of the Holy Spirit, the anointing to help you to serve one another. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I know this is very basic for most Christians, but I think we need to review the basics sometime so that we can be the right kind of church. Amen. How many people want to do all these four things in your life? Now you know the direction, why you come to church, why you show up in the church, why you go to care groups. You know these are the four things you're going to do. All the activities are organized by having these four purposes. Everything we do in this church is all about these four purposes. Worshiping the Lord. Preach the gospel. Make disciples. Caring for one another, serving one another, meeting each other's need, loving one another. Every activity here. Like today we have lunch so that we can love one another. Sit down, talk, get to know each other. What is your name? Where do you live? Oh, I pray for you. Oh, you need a job? I know somebody. I will call that person to give you a job. During lunchtime, that's why the Bible says eating is part of the book of Acts church. Eating. Let me read to you. You may think, why did you eat so much? Because we follow the book of Acts. <laughs> Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In Acts chapter 2, verses 42 to 47, and they continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. Everyone say fellowship. Sometimes the church emphasizes only teaching, doctrine, but they forget about fellowship. In the breaking of bread and in prayers, then fear came upon every soul, mean they honor the Lord. They have reverence. They fear the Lord. They don't treat the Lord as common. And many wonders and signs were done through the apostle. If you want the presence of God, you want signs and wonders in the church, you need to reverence God. Now all who believe were together. You see, they were in the care group together. And had all things in common. They love one another. They share things together. No one is in need in the church. And sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. So, continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house. They have care groups in the early church. From house to house, not just only in the temple, in the big meeting. They ate their food. Everyone say, they ate and we eat. The business out there, about 70% of the lunchtime in my office, when the drug company or instrument company want to sell me something, they bring lunch. Because they know that psychologically it's easy to talk during eating. So they bring lunch and I eat and I listen. Oh, I see. Okay. I will order that medication more. I will write on the prescription more. You, you feed me lunch. I'm serious. The world used that principle from the Bible. They ate together. They ate food with gladness and simplicity of heart. 
They just come together, they little children, they love one another. This is a family. Amen. And praising God. You see that we read all these things is in what I shared a while ago. For purpose of the church. Everything in here. Or in Acts chapter 2, 42 to 47. Praising God. Having favor with all the people. So when you love one another, you praise God together. People out there like to join you. Because they want to be in this kind of community. And the Lord, they evangelize now. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. All four principles or purposes that I share last Sunday and this Sunday. All in Acts chapter 2, 42 to 47. The model of the early church. And our church wants to do that way. Amen. We want to follow biblical model. Let us pray. Father, we thank you so much, Lord, for teaching us your word, how to live together, how to dwell together in the house of God, in the body of Christ. Father, we determine, we set the goal to obey the Bible, to have the Bible as the greatest and the highest authority in our life. And today, we learn, Father, to love you with all our heart, to love one another, to love our neighbor as ourselves. We learn that we need to go and preach the gospel and make disciples. These four purposes, Lord, shall be practiced in this house. And we will obey you, Father. We thank you, Father, for the Holy Spirit who teaches us, gives us revelation and understanding, and helps us to be able to be doers of your word. Not just hearers of the word, but doers of the word. Father, and we believe as we obey your word and we heed the voice of the Lord our God, we shall be blessed. The blessing of God shall fall upon us, shall overtake us. We will be the head, not the tail. We shall not be sick. We shall be, Lord, healthy. We shall be prosperous and successful as you promise us, Lord, in the Bible. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206 275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.newhopeinternationalchurch.com. To them all gathered in your name, I lift to you this new praise song. All the wrongs I have ever done have been washed away by your only son.
Your glory.